Hey guys, Liam here. I'm here to share with you the journey that God has taken us on a, as a team on from being Glory City, Melbourne to the name that we are about to tell you in just a moment. Firstly, I want to say this, the significance of names, the significance of meanings of names uh, is, is riddled in that scripture. Just to, just to name a couple, Paul, uh, Peter changed from Cephas, Paul from Saul to Paul, Cephas to Peter. Uh, those are just a couple. There are, there are over a hundred names in the, in the Bible that changed and, and went from one name to another. And so the, the significance of names is important. A name has a prophetic destiny, a prophetic meaning and a prophetic calling. And so back in December, uh, Shen and I were praying about a lot of things. We were praying about what God was doing here and um, just different things that we were praying about personally. And the Lord spoke to me in a dream. I, I often ask for prophetic words or prophetic uh, dreams. And I had a dream. I had a dream where Bill uh, and Benny Johnson, who are the senior leaders of Bethel Church in Redding, California, were taking me around a new building with a new name. And they were describing things to me. This is where this is. This is where, you know, this is happening. And they said, thanks for coming. And so, you know, my interpretation uh, senses were going off and I wasn't sure exactly what it all meant but the next day uh, someone actually messaged us with a word about the leaders of our church of what was then Glory City Melbourne uh, being on the floor um, and worshipping the Lord having our faces to the floor and that the Lord wanted to do a new thing uh, under a new name and in a new season and it would be a season where we don't take the glory for ourselves but we would be giving all the glory to the Lord, uh, which is our heart, is just to, to worship Him and to make Him known. And so <clears throat> that was really significant. And so we presented that to the elders, the dream and the word, and we said, hey, pray about it over Christmas. And so they did. And then we came back after Christmas into the new year and we said, hey, we really feel like this is what the Lord's doing. He's inviting us to change the name of the church. And can we pray about it? And so we put all the uh, decisions, processes, options, we put them all on the table. And we said, let's just spend some time in the Lord and pray together and pray individually. And so we did that. And we came back together and there was a unanimous yes from every single person that we were to change the name that we really felt like this is what the Lord is actually inviting us into. And in that process, it's not long after that, I received another word from someone who would have had no idea what we were talking about. And they said, I see you leading a new ministry, a, a, a new house and a new name. And that this was really significant and that this was, um, that, that was the dream, that was the prophetic word that they gave me. And so we took that as a sign of like, okay, this is confirmation. This is what the Lord is wanting to do here in this house of, of what God currently calls Glory City Melbourne. And so from there, we then went on a journey of, okay, well, what do you want to call this house, Lord? What do you, what's the name going to be? And, you know, I, again, I was like, I want the prophetic word. I want this uh, dream or I want this vision. or I want it to be super abundantly clear, you know, sky riding in the sky, this is the name or whatever. That didn't happen. But in our process, in our prayer, in our uh, decision-making, uh, the Lord led me to Hebrews 8. And I'm going to just read it, Hebrews 8.1. And it says this, Now the main point and what has been said is this, We have such a high priest who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. 
a minister in the sanctuary and in the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched and not man. So, without further ado, the name of the church is the sanctuary. I can hear your applause. <laughs> we really felt that we wanted the name to be something um, significant that would be prophetic in who we are. In Hebrews 8, it says that it was a sanctuary or a tabernacle not pitched by man, that we really believe this church is, is belongs, to the, belongs to God, that it'd be a house of God. And that word sanctuary can be translated out of John 14 as well, where Jesus says, uh, we've come to make our home in people. That's the word abide, the word abode, the word tabernacle, the word sanctuary, that Jesus has come to make his home in us. And that this place would be a place that hosts the presence of God, that houses the presence of God. Our core values in our culture are not changing. We are still who we are internally. We're still about uh, knowing Jesus and making him known and a family on a mission to see this, his kingdom come and uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're really excited. Shen and I are super excited about what God wants to do here in this church called the sanctuary. A couple of last thoughts are that we really want to honor the Glory City Brisbane crew. We thank them, we love them, we honor them, we value them. We're still a part of the network. We're still a part of the, the greater network of the Glory City network, but we just really felt to be obedient to what the Lord was inviting us into and we believe we've done that. And the last point is, this is not just about me or the leadership, this is actually the house of God and the sanctuary for you guys. And so we, we wanted to bring you along that journey of the process. We believe there was a right way of doing it and um, communicating with the right people in the right way. We believe we've done that. And, uh, and so we are, we're excited to, share this with you to share this journey with you and invite you to be a part of this and what the lord wants to do from this day forth uh, we believe there's a move of god happening here that is significant and that the the title the, the name the sanctuary articulates what god wants to do in this house so welcome to the sanctuary Awesome. Great reaction again. <laughs> Sorry, Scotty, you lost out on that. <laughs> Who, anyone get it right? Anyone? No, no okay. <laughs> um, Dave and the team are just handing out a bit of a declaration, which we're going to read through in a moment. Um, but let's just pray for the children. There's this fascinating thing that uh, happens in Exodus where Moses gets commissioned, obviously, to, to go back and take you know, his people out of from the underneath Pharaoh. And when he initially gets called, there's five times that he kind of objects to the Lord. He's, you know, he's like, hey, are you sure? <laughs> you know, what do I even call you? You know, that's where we get Yahweh, that he's, or say that I am, just, call, just say that I am, you know? And then Moses goes again and he says, he says you know, um, five times that he happens and he comes to this place where he says, well, I can't even talk. I don't even know how to talk. And he says, don't worry about it. Didn't I create the mouths? Didn't I create the nose? Didn't I create people? Like, don't worry about what you're going to say. Just sort of trust me on that. And then he goes, the last time he says, well, I'm, I'm, 
I'm alone in this. And God says, all right, I'm going to send you Aaron with you. But the context of it is negative. And God's like, I wanted to do this with you, but I'm going to send you Aaron as well. And it's a negative context. It's not like a cool, I'm going to send you with a mate or your brother. It's actually like, I, I could have done this with you, but I'm going to give you Aaron as well. And that's where we actually get the first, if you think about it, it's where we get the first, Aaron's the priestly line, right? It's where we get the first priesthood as a priest in substitute between just one man and God or one people and God. That's where we first get that priestly thing that happens where there's a mediator between God and man as a negative. Does that make sense? And so here then we have the, the, the priestly order that begins, but God's original intention was Moses and God to, to free Israel. That was his original plan was just Moses and God and he had direct access to God. We see that again on Mount Sinai where Moses goes up and he has direct access and then he comes down and they're building, you know, golden calves and doing crazy stuff and there's kids in the room <laughs> doing crazy stuff and, and, uh, and it was like there was an opportunity again for the nation of Israel to be a royal priesthood as not with a mediator, but a royal priesthood, direct access to God. And if we go to Hebrews 8, turn your Bibles to Hebrews 8, and we'll read that passage. Because Hebrews 8 talks about that as the priestly order with Aaron. I'm going to read the passage. Now, the, verse 1 says, Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, who's Jesus, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the sanctuary or holy place, as some says, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. Now, if you go to Hebrews 9, verse 11, this is talking about the first covenant and the new covenant, that there needed to be a sacrifice, there needed to be blood shed to inaugurate a new covenant. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of, the, of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption, for if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Are you catching it? Let's read on. We might, we might jump to verse 23, actually. We'll, we'll read on. The next part talks about that he's a mediator of the new covenant, right? Verse 23, Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has entered not into the holy places made with hands, which are a copy of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to prepare in the presence of God on our behalf 
nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy place every year with blood, not, only, not his own blood, for then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who eagerly wait for him. So here, Jesus, the writer of Hebrews, Barnabas, Paul, who knows, right? Um, The writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, there was this sacrifice, there was this priestly offering that they did it year after year, goats, bulls, heifers, and it was for the atonement of sins for one whole year. But they had to continually go into the Holy of Holies. We couldn't go into the Holy of Holies. It was only the priestly order of Aaron that could do that, right? And here he says, but now there is a better covenant built on better promises and in a better inauguration where the high priest of Jesus has gone into the holy places, not made of hands, but gone into heaven itself. Right? And once for all to deal with sin for all time. He says, never is he coming back to deal with sin. Why? Because he dealt with it correctly the first time. (laughs) Right? And so he says, and now we don't have to go into the outer courts. We can actually boldly come into the throne room of God because of the grace which is offered to us by faith that we can now access because we have a great high priest that is not made a sanctuary of human hands, but made a sanctuary in us. We are the tabernacle of God. We are the sanctuary of God. In, he's put his Holy Spirit inside of people. So it is a better covenant. He actually fulfilled the law and the prophets and he inaugurated a better covenant on better promises. And we can actually enter into the holy place ourselves. We don't need Aaron. We don't need Liam. We don't need Jalil. We don't need Dave. We can actually have direct access to God like God wanted to do with Moses initially for ourselves. Amen? And 1 Peter, 1 Peter 2 9, go there, 1 Peter 2 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honourable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. You are a royal priesthood. How did Adam, how did God create Eve? Out of Adam, out of her side. How did Jesus begin the new royal priesthood? Out of the side of Jesus. The genealogies in Matthew, if you, if you go through them, there's, oh, I'm going to get the numbers here wrong, but it's 14, 14, 14. But if you actually break them down, there's 14, 14, 13. Why? 
because Jesus is the new lineage now. There was the lineage from Adam to Moses, Noah to Moses, Abraham right through talks about it and there's, there's then there's one lineage missing. Why? Because Jesus inaugurated the new lineage out of his side, which is that what Peter's talking about. You were not a people, you were lost, but now you are a people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation chosen by God and conduct yourselves in a way out in the world so that people, even if they throw stuff at you, they will see the glory of God and your good works and they'll worship Jesus. Amen? And so let's. what I want to do is, is I want to read this together because this is a bit of a declaration and put it on your fridge, put it somewhere magnetic where it can... <laughs> it's got a little magnet on the back. Who enjoyed the archway coming in this morning? Balloons. Didn't Sarah do a great job? Sarah, put that together. Just amazing. Yeah. So good. Um, let's read this and I'll close. We're going to do a fire tunnel. We are a church, right, we'll do it together, you ready? We are a church who know their identity as sons and daughters. We are a church growing in intimacy with God and increase the kingdom. We are a church who worship in spirit and truth. We are a church who long to know God and make him known. We are a church that seeks to establish kingdom community. We are a church where the miraculous is normal. We are a church where truth is taught and encountered. We are a church who pursue and host God's presence. And we are a family on a mission to see his kingdom come. Amen. I never wanted to plant a church. <laughs> it was never on my radar. Um, but God has been so faithful from the beginning. There's been a lot of challenges, a lot of things, global pandemics and crazy stuff that's happened. But he's faithful that we're here. We're here. And I really do believe, you know, where Jesus says that, he says, no longer are we worship in temples made of man, but I'm looking for worshippers that will worship in spirit and in truth. Right? And... church or the ecclesia or the brethren we, sh we should not forsake the fellowship of the brethren but he's looking for people that he can be himself around yeah. and God spoke to me many years ago and he said Liam I want to move in such a way that when you get to heaven you're not surprised <laughs> you're not shocked because I really do believe the Lord's prayer when he says pray this way your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven it's not a prayer he taught us to pray so we can be just doing Christian calisthenics. It's, it's a prayer that he taught us to pray because he actually believes that it's possible for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And <clears throat> one slay 1,000, two slay 10, well, what are 100 slay? What are 50, 60, 80, when there's a community that makes space and that's why we said truth taught and encountered because truth is not just a theory, it's a person. That we would, would, there'd be the teaching of truth but there'd be the encounter of a person called Jesus. 
And then it says that we will turn to our neighbours and all will know the Lord. That no longer will a person teach another person, but we would all turn to our neighbours and each one will know the Lord. That there would be a priesthood of all believers. That there wouldn't be a place where... That I really do, and I don't apologise for this, and I do, not, I do not give a rip about growing my ministry. I do not care about that. But I do want a house where people can confidently say, hey, you need a miracle in your body? There's this place down in Lillardale. Come there, you're going to see healing, right? You need deliverance? Come there. People, oh, I know people. I know people that know God. Right? Acts 4, it's one of my favourite verses. It says, they saw Peter and James and John in the marketplace. It says, they're not learned men as we suppose, but we can tell they've been hanging out with Jesus. Come on. Right? That this place, be people would actually say, not would we take the glory for ourselves. We have, we've got to be really careful about that. But that we would be a place that people say, hey, guess what? There's a place in Lilydale where the glory of God resides and we're seeing a transformation of a region and a city. Where our cafes, our businesses, our families, our, our restoration of our loved ones, all these things that we would go, hey, guess what? This isn't complicated. It's simple. The gospel's deep and profound, but it is simple and his name is Jesus. We need to stop pointing people to our confusing ideologies and point people back to Jesus. He is enough. He is enough. He, Jesus plus, my voice is breaking now. Jesus plus purity, puberty, no. Jesus is, Jesus is the purity of the gospel and Jesus plus nothing is enough. Christ in you is enough. It's his desire that the earth would be covered with the glory of the Lord. How does he do it? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you is sufficient. Christ in you. I love what Robin said last week. We need to press on to the greater glory. We need to forget the past. We need to forget, oh, that church hurt me. I get it. I get it. But we need to move past that. We need to forgive and we need to press on to the high call of God that he has for us. Oh, church should look like this. Oh, church, oh, they didn't play my song that I love. <laughs> we need to press. We need to mature. We need to mature in the Lord and be united in one accord and press on to the greater things that he has for us. Otherwise, we're going to be going around in circles for the next 20 years, right? And there won't be the greater glory that he talks about. There won't be the big, greater things. You know, it says that the apostles did greater things. They said greater miracles. They pressed on. I think it's four times it says, and all who came to them were healed. And there were great signs and wonders done by the hands of the apostles. Right? That's available for every single person in this room. It's not just for the elect few. You're all a royal priesthood. You're all a holy nation. You're all sons and daughters of God. I'm no special person. The same, well, I am special, but the same spirit that lives in you is the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead. You have a dead raising spirit inside of you. You have the all conquering Holy Ghost living inside your mortal body. I love that Halsa song, the, you know, 
Abba, you know, he's closer than the air I breathe. Closer to my, yeah, it's I, no, I'm not singing it, Julie. <laughs> Jesus will leave the room in the ice. <laughs> I'm letting the kids' church have some kids' time. <laughs> we have to move on. We have to move past. And he is speaking today. There are new ways. There are new things. I know people say, oh, there's nothing new under the sun. But guess what? His Holy Spirit is speaking today and he's the creator of the universe. Why would he not know how to um, pastor us and lead us in a new season that we're experiencing right now? Of course he would. He's God Almighty. (laughs) He has an answer and a solution for every single problem that we're individually facing, and he has an answer and a solution for how to establish his kingdom here on earth. He has things inside of people that ministries, uh, callings that are yet to be revealed and yet to be outworked because he wants to do something inside of people. He's so interested in working with us and through us than he is, is just working for us. And he wants to do that when we, I really believe prophetically, when we yield ourselves to his spirit and his spirit alone, we come and we seek his face without an agenda. We come and we say, Jesus, just come and have your way. Come and do whatever it is you want to do. We haven't seen what is fully possible in our nation yet. We haven't. I mean... I, I chuckle when people say, Liam, we've got to go back to the, the ways of Acts. And, uh, and I get that. But I'm like, actually, you know what? I think he wants to do greater than the ways of Acts. Amen. If, if the ways of Acts is, you know, it says where it says that um, the basic meeting was that people got healed, saved and delivered. Yeah. Then we should be building on that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not articulating it super well, but if, the, if, if Peter's, if Peter's base, thanks Andrew, if Peter's, if Peter's shadow healed people, if Paul's handkerchiefs healed people, if people were delivered of the demonic, if people's thousands and thousands restored, I'm telling you, Australia wants Jesus. Australia want Jesus. They don't want religion. They want King Jesus. They want his spirit. They want him and they want him bad and they need him bad. And we've got to stop navel gazing. We've got to stop going, oh, what's wrong with me? And start realizing who we are as sons and daughters of God. Start taking up our rightful place as heirs to the throne of Jesus because he's our high priest. Know our identity, walk in intimacy and increase the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you right now, there's no shortcut to this. There's no secret formula, right? Righteousness isn't a license to sin. It's a license to get intimacy with God and get, intimacy with, get intimate with your Father in, your, in the quiet place when no one's watching, right? And watch what he does because he uses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. He uses the simplicity of a yielded heart to him to go, I've found a human being that I can pour out my spirit on and they will be mighty in the kingdom. Amen. I believe he wants to do that not just in one or two individuals. I believe he wants to establish a kingdom community so that 
the rest of humanity will look at that and say, that's what love looks like. That's what genuine family looks like. You're not coming into a denomination or you're not coming into an organization. We're coming into an organism. We're com he's coming back for a bride, right? There's no denominations in heaven. There's no Baptist corner. There's no Protestant corner. There's no charismatic corner. There's just kingdom corners, right? He's coming back for a bride who knows who their daddy is, who knows who their husband is. And he's coming back for a family. And guess what? That's going to take... That's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take yielded hearts. It's going to take pushing off the old and walking in the new. It's going to take letting that. Is that a question or is that a glory to God? Oh, yeah. Can you tell Elisa what it is, please? And then come down, come and share it with Lisa. Yeah. He's coming back for a bride who knows who their husband is. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Are you guys ready for what he wants to do? Yeah, Julie's in, Julie's in. <laughs> we can have as much or as little of God as we want. We can sit at the banqueting table and take a nibble or we can go for a full-blown feast. Right? We can have a big drink or a little drink. And that we would, we would actually feast at the table of the Lord. Yeah. We would feast at his table. That we would, be, that we would bring our, our psalms, our hymns, our spiritual songs. That this would be a place where there is a, a culture that where you cut anywhere you find the kingdom of God. Yes. Everyone has a different, you know, things to bring. They have, you know, services, good works. The miraculous teachings, worship, all the different aspects of the kingdom. It's not just what happens on a Sunday. There's all the aspects of the kingdom of God. And that this would be a house that would be a house that anywhere that you cut, you'll find Jesus. You'll find the kingdom. There wouldn't be a house where we take glory for ourselves to promote ourselves. But it would be a house where the joy of the Lord breaks out. Where the kingdom breaks out where his spirit comes, where heaven invades earth, where there's a, there's a colliding of those two worlds that actually, excuse me, that actually takes place. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand? Let's stand. You all right? Yes, I am. Cool. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you fill my mouth for your glory. Mm. None of me belong to you, Lord Soon he comes in all his glory, here he comes, or us to reign. 
along with his Savior with angels in his train. In the sound of angels singing bliss beyond all bliss so sweet, heavenly hosts are Lord attending wondrous, glorious harmonies. Descending out the trumpet, get ready for the call. Come, oh, come and fill your lamps now. Be ready, one and all. But remember, he needs vessels that are clean and whole and fair. So submit in love and wonder. Let the master hand work there. Cleansing, healing, shaping, filling, gently molding here and there. Strong his hand to fashion vessel. Give your all into his care. Let him use the mighty anvil, though the fire burns so bright. Mighty love drives home the hammer, fashions vessels clean and white. Tenderly he pours on water, cleansing, healing streams now flow. Filling and anointing vessels, ready for the word to go. Go now, move across our nation, move with power, move with might. Give out what the Spirit gives you more than conquerors in the fight. See the demons fear and tremble, fleeing fast before the word, living water. Mighty power such as ne'er before was heard. Soon he's coming, see him coming. Oh, prepare with sword in hand. The sword, the word of God. Soon he comes, our precious Savior. Coming soon to heal our land. The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Yes, we agree. We agree with that word. Yeah. Thank you, God. I know this morning is a little bit different, as you know, um, but I, I just want to share personally. I can see it. I can see it prophetically. What the Lord wants to do. I could. It's like the size of the cloud. You know, the man's fist. A cloud that size of the man's fist. I can see it. I can see what he wants to do in this church, in this community, in our state, in our nation, in our region. And I agree with that word from Gene. He's looking for yielded vessels that would give themselves to holiness and to give themselves to the purity and the power of the gospel. That it's not one. We need the purity of the gospel and we need the power of the gospel. Because if, if, if the high point of Christianity is only what is humanly possible, then that's a sad day. It has to be the supernatural hand of God. It has to be the miraculous power of the Lord. And I can see it. We're seeing something in seed form. I think we've seen 10, 12 people saved in the last few months on the streets. There's things happening out in our, in our town, in our region. I'm having great conversation with council members and around different places for us to gather and see transformation. There's conversations around transformation centres and healing and youth and kids. And this wouldn't just be one or two individuals, but this would be a place where there's an army of sons and daughters, not an army of warriors, an army of sons and daughters. We need the warriors, but we also need sons and daughters. There are those that break the ground. There are those that plant the things. There are those that pioneer new things. There are the settlers. There's everyone. We need everyone. The grandmas, the grandpas, the two-year-olds, the babies, the middle-aged, middle the young ones. We need everyone because we, we just do. 
because <laughs> we just do because he wants everyone it's not a case of guilt shame into doing something it's not a case of manipulating it's a case of who is God calling you to be as an individual in amongst the community because you're not alone God doesn't want you to be an island floating in the sea he wants you to be a part of a family and you don't lose your individualism when you become a part of a family. Your individualism enhances the family and the family enhances the individual in you. It's both end. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I really feel like God wants to heal that today and wants to really set people free of that. And uh, so we're going to do a fire tunnel. We're just going to commission this morning. For those that have never done a fire tunnel before, you can call it a prayer tunnel. You can call it whatever tunnel. It's just a really simple way of praying for everyone in a really quick way <laughs> and so i'm going to get the leaders and the team up to come and form a tunnel here 